Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the next episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. And I'm so happy to have with me today, Cody Schuin. Um, Cody wrote the best-selling book, Everyday Legacy, uh, which I read. And for me, it was truly transformational. And some of those of you who are regular listeners podcasts know I've referenced it in other podcasts because it really has, it literally changed how I interacted with one of my children when I was reading it in an airport waiting for a plane. Cody, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Gary, thank you so much. And thanks for being such a supporter of the book. I really am. Cody, tell me a little bit, if you will, um, kind of about your journey professionally and and what got you to where you wrote Everyday Legacy. So my background, uh, surprisingly to most people, is actually in the funeral and cemetery space. So I started at a very young age uh, in my co-op in high school, working at the local funeral home in a very small town in uh, eastern townships of where I grew up. And I worked in the profession all the way up to executive management, executive leadership for a large corporate group. And at one point on that journey, I was struck with this notion. I was actually conducting a funeral and struck with the notion that everything I'd ever thought about legacy as I you know, was conscious of my own morality in the moment was that it's something that's there once we're gone or something that we leave behind. And we're almost unaware of because we ourselves are not the benefactors of our legacies. And I thought, how messed up is that? <laughs> how messed up is it that we are not in control every single day or even have an awareness in order to be in control of how we will ultimately be remembered? And so this idea around embracing our legacy every single day while we're still alive, really to understand the depth and breadth of our impact, and as a consequence, want to not only uh, double down on that impact, but also inspire others to do the same, is really where everyday legacy was born, the whole idea, the whole movement. And it's a powerful, it can be powerfully transformational, even in your own experience as we got off the top here. Uh, You know, it can be powerfully transformative every single day to be conscious and aware of the difference we all have the ability to make, even in micro ways and small, uh, consistent uh, ways every single day. So that's, that's essentially the origin story of Everyday Legacy. So from your experience in the funeral industry, you, you began to think of the concept of legacy and then that's one thing to have that thought that you just expressed, but how did you get from there to writing a book about it? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, as you know, Gary, I spend a lot of my time on stages, keynote speaking at conferences, not just in the funeral space, but beyond. And, you know, as a consequence, a lot of speaker friends have books. They've all written books about business. And I, I had this idea that I should also write a book. You know, we've got some, what I think are clever ideas and why not put those into, uh, you know, into a paper format, a digital format for people to, to read and hang on to. And, you know, I tried to write that book three or four times and it was terrible. 
every single time. I just could not get the ideas out. And, and of course, then my logical left brain started thinking, well, of course, dummy, you don't know how to write a book. Uh, so what do we do when we don't know how to do something? We hire an expert. So I hired a book coach to at least help me understand the dynamics of writing a book. How do you do it? Where do you start? How do you get your ideas you know, expanded out to be the length of a book as opposed to the length of a TED Talk? And uh, we tried to do the same thing and it failed again. I just was not, the message was just not coming out. And at one point, my book coach stopped me and she said, listen, I want you to tell me about something you are you know, passionately convicted about, something that you really believe uh, to be true. And I said, without hesitation, I believe that we have the defini definition of legacy all wrong. I believe that we have this as something that we are not in control of, that is just there once we're gone. And how powerful is it when we are aware of it and can, and can really make an impact in the world while we're still here and be aware of that impact? And she said, tell me more. And about four hours later, we hung up the phone. And before we did so, she said, I think we found what you need to talk about. And uh, it turns out that very quickly thereafter turned into a year of writing. Uh, and I say a year, it wasn't actually a year, it was 52 Wednesdays. I actually carved out Wednesdays on my calendar to write in a focused way. And so 52 Wednesdays later, the manuscript was ready and uh, we went out to publishers and then it was a year of publishing and obviously getting it into, you know, on, onto store shelves and available everywhere where books are sold. And the rest is history. It seems like it was yesterday. Truthfully, it came out a week before the global pandemic was announced. <laughs> so uh, one might think it was the worst time in the world. And as it turns out, as we had this shared global experience uh, and really an opportunity to pause and evaluate what was important in our lives. And, and more importantly than what, Gary, who is important in our lives? Uh, because all of a sudden we were in many cases distanced from them uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so at first, people started to tighten their purse strings, not knowing exactly how long the pandemic might last. And then all of a sudden, people found themselves in the comfort of books again, and reading and self-reflection and uh, consideration of their impact in other people's lives and the impact of others in their lives. And all of a sudden, Everyday Legacy just exploded uh, wow. to, my, to my great delight. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, you know, it's funny about the pandemic because it obviously brought so many loss and pain to so many people. But I was very conscious through it of what it taught me, which is how important those Friday night dinners with friends were that I used to have that I didn't have anymore. And that I sometimes just sort of took for granted. And now I realize those moments were special or a hug from our grandchild, how special that is, which we we couldn't do at certain times in that. And, and I think everyday legacy helps us to focus on what's really important in our life. So for those who haven't read Everyday Legacy, we've talked generally about what its concept is. Tell the listeners a little bit about it and and what you're trying to communicate and 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 support the listeners as they read it. Everyday legacy is really about focusing on ourselves first. Now, I was always raised. I'm not sure about you, Gary, but that focusing on ourselves is about somewhat selfish. Selfish, that, sure. Yeah, hundred percent selfish. Selfish, right? It's the definition: focusing on ourselves. And yet I was a young guy in a corporate career, essentially living out of airports in a suitcase and realized at one point that while I was delighted in my professional capacity, that my personal life had suffered, that I had ultimately given a lot of things up in the pursuit of success. And when I looked around and had all these things, these, you know, these successes, if you will, money in the bank, a nice car, accolades, you know, my arm's length, there was no one around to celebrate with me. 
and and that's not to say you know i was completely removed and isolated from the world i have an incredible family and incredible partner you know all those sort of things but the truth is that at the time when this was happening there weren't a lot of people around and it was because i hadn't prioritized uh, relationships and most importantly i had not prioritized the relationship with myself and so everyday legacy really uh, I, I hope inspires people to have a conversation with none other than the person in the mirror to really understand and value their attributes and characteristics that that actually lend a helping hand in this world and a helping hand nowadays is not complicated. It doesn't have to be monumental. It can be as simple as holding a door for someone. Uh, it can be as simple as smiling and saying good morning to someone in an elevator. I'm here in a hotel right now. I just spoke at a conference uh, yesterday. And you know these little opportunities are around us all the time. But in this world that we live in, this microwave generation that we are in, we go so quickly and we expect everything with such immediacy that we don't often slow down long enough to actually understand that these little opportunities are all around us. And so beyond uh, self-reflection, Everyday Legacy, I hope, inspires people to also show up in these moments in the world and to understand that um, a micro moment can have a macro impact. And and that's really what the book is meant to inspire people to consider, that they are in control ultimately of how they'll be remembered. And the best part is we look through the lens of life, not death, even though most people uh, you know, think the book is macabre or dark. It's it, it, Well, you've read it. It's, it, it's absolutely not that. It's about, yeah, it's about life and living and reframing this idea of legacy from something we leave to something we live every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what I've come to learn in, in, in my life is that the only thing I really have control over is me. I can't change the circumstances in my life. I, I can't please everybody. I can't get the reaction from them. I may want, but I can change me. And, and, and if I'm my best self, I can have an impact on those around me. And that's the best I can do. And, and so thinking about ourselves first, not in a selfish sense, but who am I? What do I want to be? How can I be of service? is a great way to get started. And if it has the, I mean, I, I imagine, I don't know what your goals were for everyday legacy, but it, it's probably sort of beyond your wildest dreams, I suspect, to know how <laughs> many people you've touched. And we can't control the outcome. When you wrote the book, you weren't in control of what was going to happen after. You were just putting forth your best effort and it was going to be what it was going to be. But by taking care of yourself and doing the right thing, look at the impact you've had. Yeah, I, I, I... Couldn't agree more. I honestly, as I was writing the book, I actually realized how cathartic it was for me. I realized that perhaps uh, in it, when I separated from the ego of you know hoping for a bestseller and New York Times bestselling list and all these all these things when you're writing a book, I realized it, that was all secondary. That ultimately, me getting this out was almost therapeutic in many ways. And my goal was to impact one person when I wrote it. I had decided as I was writing, if it impacts one person, it's worth everything I've put into it. And I realized that one person was me. And, you know, part of the, the message that I try and help people see here is that focusing on yourself is not selfish, it's self-full. And that in order to be of service to others, to be of service in this world, we have to fill our own cups first, that we have to have you know, good, thoughtful reflection that in order to love other people, we've got to love the person we are staring at in the mirror. And that is easier said than done. And, you know, in today's day and age, I'm thankful that the mental health conversations we're having are more predominant, more embraced, more welcome than ever before. I hope that 
trend continues and that it's just common that we can have these kinds of conversations but far be it uh from me to um you know to to think that i could make a difference but lo and behold a lot of people have read the book and a lot of people have sent very kind messages to say that it, it moved them in one way or another or has changed how they look at themselves how they contribute to this world how they believe now more than ever before that they really now know the true definition of legacy and that is something that's around us every single day and that ultimately we are in control of and can be aware of um right now yeah we, we really are and i love your your comment in the book i'm actually going to use it a quote from it in one of my my linkedin messages about cup full because we always say you know the pessimist thinks the cup cup is half empty and the optimist thinks it's half full but you make the point and well that only when our cup is full can it overflow and and be a benefit to other people and i really yeah. like yeah, what overflows is for everyone else. And I think the first step, forget even being aware of whether the cup is empty or full, be aware there's a cup. <laughs> be aware that you have to uh, be you have to be of service to yourself in before you can be of service to others. And so it, it this is easy, like I said, easier said than done. It takes work. It takes a conscious awareness. But if if my book, my little book, Everyday Legacy, articulates that lens for someone, then there's no greater gift for an author in the world. You know, I, I work a lot with with lawyers and, and I've been a lawyer for 44 years and, and that's my mission to help and support lawyers who are often uh, so stressed, so overworked, uh, not fulfilled and unhappy and, um, you know, tied to an hourly billing requirement and just churning away and working and, and often successful financially, but sometimes unfulfilled professionally. What, what would be, if you could speak to them, what message would you have for that lawyer that I just described? Don't forget yourself. You know, as I was uh, rising in the ranks of the corporate structure that I was in, it is easy to be a human doing. <laughs> it is incredibly easy. It is, the world just turns seemingly so much faster than it did before. Now, I don't know if that's just a symptom of aging because, you know, we're all getting older. It does older. get faster. I'm older <laughs> than you seems, and it does get faster. It seems to just get faster or quite literally the world just communicates faster. We can get places faster. I mean, we are living uh, what I feel is sometimes in hyperspeed. And so as we do that day in and day out, it gets really, really hard sometimes to distance ourselves from the things that keep us busy from the things that fill our cup. And so what I would implore people, and I think, again, that the shared global experience of the pandemic, where we were forced to pause in many ways for a variety of different reasons, gave us a perspective that we haven't had in a long, long time. And it was one that was fairly globally shared by humans in general. And I know for me, it became a very reflective time, but we don't need a global pandemic to create that space. We can choose to create that space. It means that we have to choose to block that time. It means we have to choose to take the time. It is easy to work uh, in our businesses. It is sometimes hard to get out of that space to work on ourselves. Uh, and yet it's critical. We, you know, we see burnout rates uh, in uh, professionals uh, higher than ever before. And that is as much an indictment on the world we live in as it is on our ability to pull back and to step away and to recharge. And so my advice for any professional, be it a lawyer or otherwise, 
is make sure that you are taking time for you. Now that sounds simple. I get that. Some people are probably listening right now thinking, well, that's a pretty simple message. It is. But the truth is that the faster we go, the further we get from some of the simple reminders. The simple reminders seem so simple, in fact, that they seem unimportant. They seem uh, like something that we can choose to do or not to do. And yet they are critical to us maintaining some semblance of balance uh, in our lives. And we only have balance when we put in effort equally on our professional side as we do on our personal side. You know, so many people will say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to take care of myself. And, and I think that's unfortunate because we all have the same time. And, and you mentioned choice. It's a matter of how we choose to use our time, what we use it for. We could work two more hours, billing two more hours at work, uh, or we could take one of those hours and, and go for a walk with our puppies or play some pickleball or go for a jog or go for the gym or get a massage, whatever, or just reflect, re read everyday legacy or something else that is motivational. But we often don't take that time. We just keep churning and going and instead of really putting ourselves first and, and we deserve it, don't we? We absolutely do. Listen, there's no, in all my years uh, associated with funeral and cemetery services, I've never seen a U-Haul dragged behind a hearse. You know, that we're, we're not taking anything with us. Uh, the one thing that we, uh, you know, that we leave people with, because st listen, stuff will be liquidated. <laughs> stuff will disappear. Stuff will go to family, to thrift shops. Uh, it, it'll all go away. But the one thing that we can hold sacred forever as long as we breathe is memories, memories and experiences. And so listen, and all the eulogies I've heard, I've never heard someone get up and talk more about their work than their passion and loved ones ever, not ever once in all the funerals I've ever done, which means we should by prioritizing accordingly work. Yeah, it's important. You know, it, it, for many people, it is also their passion. For me, when you say, what do you do for fun? I usually say I work because I just love what I get to do every single day. And I consider it a great honor and privilege. But I also have to remember that I have a lot of people around me that I love equally as importantly, that uh, in fact, are the people who provide me with the memories that will last forever. And so I've got to spend time there. Uh, otherwise, uh, I've got imbalance and imbalance is prolonged, I say is very, very dangerous. One of the analogies I liked in your book was the number of 86,400, mm -hmm. because I, for one, struggle sometimes with um, being mindful and present in every moment of the day. And I know some of the lawyers who I work with feel the same. They're just caught up being busy, busy and flitting from one thing to another and not really being present in the moment. Could you explain that little story or analogy you used in your book and, and what it means to you and to my audience? Yeah, absolutely, I can. You know, this, this idea, we've, in many ways, because we go so quickly, we've almost lost a sense of time. And so this analogy around $86,400 is the, the idea that if I gave you $86,400 every single day, but told you, you could bank none for tomorrow, you, you basically had to liquidate every single penny today uh, with no consequence. You just, you know, you, you owe and you spend the money where you want on what you want, but you get to carry none forward to tomorrow, exhaust the balance. Most people would have a heyday. Most people would find some very fun things to do with that kind of money every single day. But but the truth is, in the concept of time, we have 86,400 seconds every single day. And we get to choose who we spend that time, the memories we make, the experiences we have, and we don't get to carry forward any to tomorrow. We get the same allotment tomorrow, and we get to spend it again, and then the same the next day. And 
when we think about the value of time, most of us don't think in things like seconds. Most of us are thinking in days and months and weeks and years. But when you think about seconds, for instance, my grandmother, who you know played a powerful role in my life, who I talk about in the book a lot, you know, I had her in my life for you know eight hundred thirty-six million uh, seconds. Um, sorry, eight eight million nine hundred thirty-six thousand seconds, and and so that when you think about it like that, is really easy to think about the magnitude of her impact in my life. And when we start to think in seconds, we start to understand how powerful time is and that we ultimately do have a, a you know, a, a limited amount of time. And so just to consciously spend it in places that matter with people that matter. The other thing I like about it is it, it helps me to realize that the time is sort of a gift. Um, it's not that I don't have much of it. I have 86,400 and it's a gift um, that it, it's not. I don't have time. Oh, I got 86,400, not no time. And, and so many people think of time as something we don't have. We, we don't have time. There's not enough of it. And really we have plenty of time. It's a matter of how we choose to use it and what we use it for. And I know early in my career, I was focused and, and some for practical reasons with children in college and stuff with money and accumulating money and stuff. And then I realized after a while, it, it just felt like the when I got one number, I was looking for a, a bigger number and it never brought me satisfaction or happiness. And being really present in each of those 86,400 seconds with whom I want to be with doing what I want to be doing is so much more important. A hundred percent. Time is everyone's greatest commodity. And, you know, I'm always honored when people choose to spend their time with, with me, uh, you know, to spend their time uh, with us listening to this podcast, to spend their time reading my book. You know, these, these moments of uh, not only opportunity to realize our impact, depth and breadth of, of what we do and how we show up in this world. We also have so many opportunities every single day to deepen our gratitude uh, and, you know, again, I'm not a Pollyanna positivity kind of guy, but I am a practical Pollyanna kind of guy. And there are, there are easy things that we can say to ourselves every single day, easy things that we can recognize every single day that it can advance our ability to impact the people in our lives that are around us. Even if we don't know these people, uh, it can be strangers, frankly. Um, but we never, ever know the impact that we can make, the difference we can make. And being aware of the time around us and how to spend that and with whom to spend it helps to shift the lens to one that is more focused on really what's important or rather who's important in our lives. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in gratitude. I think you know, and I've shared on this podcast, I've been sober and recovered for a long time. And for me, being grateful every day is just a good place to be. You know, once I start thinking about what I don't have and what I want, and I'm sort of selfishly, instead of thinking, Boy, I'm grateful to have this or that or the other thing or to be where I am or be with who I'm with. Um, it's just a place of peace and, and happiness and a place of generosity. When I'm grateful, I'm more willing to uh, reach out and help others. I really love 100%. the thought of building my legacy one day at a time, um, you know, with my family, with my loved ones, with my community and how I want to be remembered instead of what I want to leave. When we're pursuing stuff, like you say, it all, it all gets gone. Somebody gets it. Someone spends it. Doesn't really matter. But think about who we are and, and how do we want to interact and be with the people around us is so important. 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny because as, as we get older and you could have some listeners that are thinking this way too, you know, I started to wonder as I was getting very philosophical as I wrote the book, you know, was I having a midlife crisis? Uh, and, you know, I've, I've helped myself to reframe that as it's, you know, a midlife observation. It, it, that's what it is. It's a midlife observation that that time is ultimately limited. And I don't mean that in a macabre kind of way. That's just a pragmatic reality. We are basically starting to die the moment we're born. And some listeners might think, my, my goodness, what a terrible way to look at life. Well, in fact, quite the opposite. When when people ask me what I learned from working so closely in the, in the funeral uh, and cemetery business for so many years, they often think my response will be that I learned a lot about death. And the truth is, I learned a lot about life. Yeah. I learned a lot about why it's so important to celebrate the fact that we are still here, that every day we open our eyes. And that can be the simple start for any of our listeners that think, you know, how do I start living my everyday legacy? One of the ways is to deepen your gratitude for the air that you breathe into your lungs the minute you open your eyes, the fact that you have opened your eyes, and for all of the things in our lives that that we have at our disposal that so many others don't. And when we start to calculate those, I agree with you, our gener generosity, our, our, our spirit of generosity, our spirit of kindness, the capacity to show up with more of those two things more often is abundantly different than if we do not practice those things in our lives on a daily basis. Well, Cody, that's really powerful. Um, I call this podcast the Free Lawyer Podcast because it's not about lawyers are free. Somebody asked me that, but it's about how we lawyers or professionals can really build personal freedom in our life. What does true personal freedom mean to you, Cody? Gosh, loaded question, Gary. <laughs> what does freedom mean to me? You know, I, I think freedom is in many ways paralleled with happiness. And happiness can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. So I don't, I don't intend to be uh, obscure here, but what I want to convey, and, and importantly, it's how I wrote Everyday Legacy. Everyday Legacy is not prescriptive. It is not, this is what you must do. It is told through the lens of story meant to inspire people to reflect on their own experiences with, the own, with, with their own relationships and their own life and their own reality. And so I, I say the same, that, that freedom and happiness are parallel to me uh, and meant not to be prescriptive because for some people, working is happiness. And that's okay. Just make sure there's balance there. For some people, having a spirit of generosity is really important to them. And, and that creates happiness. Do more of those things. Whatever it is that fills your cup, make sure as long as there is balance, you are doing more of that thing. Uh, because that is where we find ourselves alive. You know, I, I think to when I have the opportunity to keynote and I'm on stages in front of audiences, be they large or small, it is where I feel every fiber of my being just showing up powerfully. Uh, I feel it when I've reread my book and I've actually not reread it more than once. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I do a lot of talking about it, but I haven't actually reread it. But as I reread it, uh, reread it, it, you know, I, I felt it, uh, the same thing. And we all have that one thing. Some, for some people, it's a beach. For some people, it's burying you know, their head in, in, in uh, books and reading. For some people, it's uh, you know, dancing the night away. For other people, it's eating food at a great restaurant or traveling. For some people, it's the company of friends and family. It doesn't matter what it is. Just figure it out and do more of it. 
because those are the things that put life in our years uh, as opposed to taking a life from our years. And, uh, and th those are, that's an important space to not only figure out where it is, but to go there often. That's so powerful. So much of it has to do with self-awareness. You know, what is it we're looking for in life? What is it that makes us happy, that makes us feel fulfilled? And, and doing that, doing more of that. 100%. So for those, um, I, I loved Everyday Legacy. I highly recommend it to everyone I speak to. Uh, but where can folks find it uh, easiest? Absolutely everywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, bookstores, Barnes & Noble in the US, uh, Indigo Chapters in Canada, and of course, uh, it, it, on my website, everydaylegacy.com. Uh, I still find it odd people want signed copies, but nonetheless, that's where those are available. Uh, and I'm flattered uh, if people uh, buy it and, and more importantly, reach out uh, and let me know what they thought. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I love hearing from people who have read the book and, and knowing uh, if it did make an impact, what that impact was. Well, I, I had the opportunity of prior conversation to tell you specific stories of how it impacted me with my family members. And, and, and I know that's what you wanted to hear. I mean, meaning you want to know that it did something to a reader like me. So for those who want to share that kind of story with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I mean, you can find me on social media at Cody Shewan. Cody is C-O-D-I-S-H-E-W-A-N. Uh, I'm on all of the all of the socials, as I like to say, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. People can find me there. Shoot me a message. I love to do what I call continue the conversation because that is what helps people to remember that legacy can be redefined from something we leave to something we live every single day and knowing that the impact we make does actually uh, change the lives of the people around us. And so continuing the message helps to, to helps to further that, then I'm all for it. Wow. Thank you so much, Cody. I really, I know how busy you are. I know how important your time is. And I value the fact that you shared your time here today with with the audience of The Free Lawyer. So thank you so much. My pleasure, Gary. And thanks for being a cheerleader for the book and its message. I appreciate you so much. Great. Uh, thank you all for joining us here today. Uh, it was great to hear Cody and I thank you for listening. Please be well, be safe and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.